Okay, so this is part two with Kirsten Ross Vogel. She talked in a training at the Excellence for Leadership Institute, and she did a great job. I mean, just shattered the, the way that we think about fears. She's going to come back. She's going to continue with some of this, and she's going to answer questions for the audience. Stay tuned. You are listening to The Leadersmith, Darren Gertis. Are you guys ready? Because sometimes I blow people's minds. <laughs> I'm ready. So, Me too. Here's, well, here's the thing. All right. I got someone's got their notepad ready. Okay. So um, here's the thing. People please, pleasers usually tell me I'm just really nice and I just want everyone to be happy. Here's the thing. People pleasers want to feel good. Mm. And for them to feel good, they need those around them to feel good. Because like their feelings are basically attached. They're an extension to all the people around them. So people pleasers actually have to do a lot of controlling and manipulating wow. and maneuvering to make that happen because we have to control and manipulate others and situations. And so we might withhold information. We filter what we're saying. We, um, you know, don't share all that we would share. We, I mean, we don't say no, you know, we say yes. I mean, ultimately with the intention of feeling good, but it's the need of others feeling good instead wow. of like, we feel good because we've like hashed out some tough stuff. Wow. That is deep. So <laughs> that, is, that is quite a reframe from what we think we are as opposed to what we're actually yeah. doing. And you're right. That's actually what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And so what I usually do when I'm working with clients and I've, I mean, I still remember he was um, this man that I worked with. He was in his sixties and I asked him, how did that make you feel? He looked at me like I was the craziest person under the sun because he had never paid attention to how he felt about things because his entire view of everything, how am I doing? Well, let me look and see, right? He had never looked inside. Yes. So there are absolutely times that, well, one, we have to build the motivation for the change. And because people pleasers are always looking outside, I first have to teach them, do check-ins, put it on your phone. You need to set an alarm a few times a day that reminds you to say, and I had to go through this. I went through this myself. Do I want to be doing this right now? How do I feel? Am I doing this out of obligation? Am I happy or am I pretending? So all of those reality check things, you have to teach yourself to pay attention and then I have them also pay attention. Who are you actually resentful towards? Oh, whoa, that's deep. Who that's are gonna you? That's going to be a huge sign. Yeah. And again, if you're not paying attention to how you feel, you don't even know it. Um, so how many times in the last week did you say yes when you really wanted to say no? Here's another one. 
who are you hiding from because you feel such guilt because you told them yes and you knew that you wouldn't be able to follow through and now you just feel so weird like the relationships all jacked up and you can't handle them feeling angry or disappointed in you. It could have been fixed. You never would have gone down that path if you had said no originally. How often are you feeling overwhelmed? How often do you feel like people aren't grateful for you? Mm. Because also people pleasers often have a hole where they're like, I just want some appreciation. I want to be known. I want to be seen. And I'm going to keep giving and giving and giving until someone gives me the recognition I want. But the thing is, if you're coming from that place, that hole, it's never going to be filled and it's never going to be enough. Your doing is going to far out exceed the gratitude or any of that. And people pleasers have people pushers in their life. Yeah. They attract those people, don't they? Correct. The energetically. And also it just makes sense. It makes sense. Like if I want someone to be my saving grace and do everything for me and accommodate all of my behavior and fix all my mistakes and do all my stuff, I'm not hanging out with Kirsten. She doesn't do that. I'm going to find that person who I can guilt and manipulate into doing what I need them to do. So um, if you see yourself as a people pleaser, I encourage you start with baby steps, say no, it's okay. You don't have to be the savior. And again, remember earlier, I was talking about like, know your own value. Mm. You don't need someone else to thank you or appreciate you. And if you have people pushers around you, they're not going to anyway, because there's always the next thing that they're going to blame on you or the next thing that they want you to do that you're, you know, is too much for you. And those people feel no guilt about absolutely absolutely guilt and excruciating guilt and beat yourself up for hours meanwhile they're engaged with a you know watching tennis with two czechoslovakians they never met and they're not thinking (laughs) about you at all right and guess what if you've been the go-to person and now you say no the frustration that they're giving you is about them and there's a reason that no one else in their life will help them out they've probably burned all those other bridges And if we're people pleasers and we're surrounded by people pushers, who's designing your life? Mm, The people pushers. They're taking up every nook and cranny of your life. And how are you going to make your big impact in the world? How are you going to make your own goals happen? You don't have time. So, and I will, I don't know if anyone... If you are, uh, you know, because I have Christians or people of faith say, but God wants me to serve. And so I'm just going to throw this out there just in case this is you. Um, If people, this isn't about never serving. It's just being intentional about how we serve and give and how we spend our time. And if people are dictating our whole entire lives, there's no time for God to say, hey, here's where I want to use you. So. To serve God's way, honestly, you have to be good at setting boundaries. So healthy boundaries are you create them, you communicate them, and you keep them. So you were just talking about serving and wrong, and it came to my mind, like if you're serving other people, 
it's because they're other people and they are worthy of that respect and dignity to be served and you're doing it for them, not doing it so that they think that you're a nice person or that, or, or to reflect on you. If you're, if your motivation is that it's reflecting on you, yeah. that's bad leadership or uh, serving in this case, but it, the, the equivalent concept works with leadership as well. If you're leading other people so yeah. that you look good, you're building yourself up. That's not yeah. it. You do it for them. Yes. Yep. Um, if it's out of guilt, manipulation, um, have tos, shoulds, all that kind of stuff, true giving and serving. I mean, and not to just totally shift this because it's not just volunteering and stuff like this where this happens. I mean, you could be the go-to person at work too, or, you know, as a leader, um, or let your team design work. That's a whole nother topic. Same thing, but, um, same thing, different, <laughs> different environment. But, um, and now I lost my train of thought. Um, we're talking about the motivation for doing it. If it's about oh, reflecting on you. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so the, the giving and the serving it, with intention is like, I choose and there's power in it because mm -hmm. I choose it. And I will also say like, just as a super quick, for instance, like for me, um, you know, I know my strengths and I'm very clear. So I've had a lot of instances where people are like, oh, this person's in a crisis mode and they need a shoulder to cry on. Okay. Well, I know me. And as you can likely tell, um, I'm not the shoulder to cry on. <laughs> I I'm, I'm, but you know what? I, I want to be there for that person and I'm going to send because other people's gifts are. And again, that's, we get to celebrate all, we all have great gifts. I'm the pull up your bootstraps and make the stuff happen. So after the crisis is over, now I can come in and I can serve. But if I spent all my time, every time someone said there's this crisis and they need that, they'd be frustrated and I'd be frustrated because it's not my gifting. And I would have less time to use my, my gifts. Yeah. So that, that's great. My, it made me think about, you know, my wife, was talking about, well, at church, they needed something done and it wasn't really in her strong suit. And, but I feel like I should, no, no, this just because something needs to be done doesn't mean you are the one that has to do it. Right. Walking your strengths, you're going to be far more effective if you, if you follow your strengths and if you're just trying to fill that need just because it's a need. Exactly. But you're also depriving somebody else right. from being able to use their gifting and their strength and have. Yes. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So what else, guys? I, I have um, almost, 50, you know, almost 20 more minutes unless they want to boot me off early. No, I don't <laughs> want to boot you off. I have a lot this of. Is awesome. Can you, talk about, <laughs> can you talk at all about um, not, not just general insecurity or, or people pleasing, but we, we got to this um, uh, imposter syndrome uh, that came up a bunch as well. Can you can you speak at all to that kind of thing? Brittany's shaking her head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like like we really don't feel like we're, but you are. I mean, you actually have it, but you don't get it. You don't feel like you have enough. Yep. So um, to be candid, I don't um, I don't use that term. I know it's like the huge buzz term right now, and that everyone's talking about it. But to me, it's those same strategies of not minimizing your guests. I mean, it's this, it's the same thing. The comparisons, um, there is no one else on the face of the earth that has exactly your skills yep. is exactly in your place, has exactly the same goals, has exactly the same other stuff going on in life. 
Um, I can also have a conversation about expectations and setting realistic expectations for yourself and not beating yourself up. So there's a fine line between setting high expectations, hitting your goals, but leaving wiggle room. So you're not beating yourself up. But so, um, you know, it's the comparison is where we trip ourselves up and feel not good enough. The, um, setting unrealistic expectations of ourselves, we can trip us up and feel not good enough the minimizing of our gifts and our value and the things that we can make happen um, trips us up and helps us feel that way. So I don't know that I can speak specifically to, um, I also just want to show you guys, do you see how I'm demonstrating knowing my value? I'm, I'm doing that right now. I'm with people that I don't know. I know what my gifts are and I will celebrate them and I'll celebrate yours too. And um, you know, and so I'm just, I'm just going to be real about like, I, I know I'm really good at the things I talk about and I, I can't specifically talk about imposter syndrome. I, you know, I have peppers around it, like things I talk about, but do you see that I'm fine? And if you guys, you know, if someone looked at me right now and said, man, she's terrible. Like she couldn't even talk on that. It's okay. Cause I'm <laughs> super good at what I do. And you guys are super good at what you do too. <laughs> so, so we were dancing all around that kind of concept, not just that particularly. If you have yeah. a question, by the way, and you want to add to something, feel free to add to that. But it wasn't just like the imposter syndrome proper, yeah. but yeah. everything relating to that, like I'm just not good enough or like, why should somebody come pay me to go do this thing? I'm, you know, I put out, I set out my shingle and, you know, I don't want to charge them that much. But then you're downplaying yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And you're not going to be able to help as many people because you're downplaying yourself. So yes. speak to that. Yeah. So I'll also talk about, yeah. So the pay. Um there well, one, if and I again I don't know what you guys do or anything, but so but I, you know, I'm assuming that you're doing something. It is harder to sell yourself, right? Because if ultimately if you're an entrepreneur and you're selling yourself, it's hard not to take it personal. But it it isn't. Um, it's just like dating. So, right. We don't have to say that if it wasn't a fit that I'm good and you're bad and it's the same in business. Um, there has to be a connection and it just wasn't a fit. So again, just, um, we get to tell ourselves the stories of the things that happen. And so, uh, if you're telling stories that make you feel less than not value, not valuable, um, you know, all those kinds of things, tell yourself a different story. I have great value to add, you know, tell yourself that I am unique. I'm special. I was born with individual strengths and a unique purpose. We were, we all are ignited by different things. Um, and so, so the pay, let me talk about that. Um, we have to live. And there is value to what we're providing and it's okay to get a currency for what we are providing to others. Uh, If people are not wanting to pay you or they're saying, I don't have the money, um, those are prioritizations and decisions that those people are making and you don't need to accommodate that. It's possible. I mean, we don't know, but it's possible that they're spending a ton of money on thus and such. I'm going to say that again, because, eh, you know, they'd kind of like to work on this stuff, but it's not their top priority. Our minutes and our money both tell us what's important to us. 
And so if, if they want to take up your minutes and not give you anything for it, that tells you, and again, remember your value is not based on what, how they're prioritizing their life. Mm -hmm. And so you don't have to accommodate by, by charging less. And I wouldn't actually, because they're not committed. Now there absolutely are times when I do some free work and, um, or, um, discounted work, but it is case by case. And there's a darn good reason. And I'm giving from my heart. I don't feel like I have to, I actually had one very recently. Um, and she's the, you know, the wife of a pastor and, you know, is in this circumstance that, you know, I'm absolutely going to be able to help her with. And I knew that what I charge normally wasn't going to be in her budget. So I just said, I trust you pay me what you can. I am going to work with you. There is no guilt. I'm giving this as a gift and just let me know when we're going to start. And so, um, but that is case by case. And again, as a true gift that is truly from my heart, it's not out of obligation. It's not out of feeling bad, any of that. And I can't keep doing my important work if I do it for free because I, I have to have food and a roof over my head. And so I'm required to make money or some way of keeping myself alive and keeping myself going, um, or I wouldn't be able to do it. I rob the world of the work that I do. I, I look at it like this because, I, and we'll get to your question in just, yeah. a, just a second. I look at it like this. I have six kids to feed. So if I don't charge what I should be charging, right. then I'm ta- I'm stealing time for my children in order to accommodate these people that, you know, I mean, I want to help them, but there's only so much time in the day. And so can I steal from my children for that? No, I can't do mm-hmm. that. Barb, you had a question. Go ahead and unmute. I think we've kind of danced around this a little bit, but I keep a roadblock I keep bumping into is I don't have credentials or initials. I, I know I have a lot of experience and I have, I have paid to receive training and I, I don't know if I throw that under the imposter, imposter thing, but um, it's hard for me to place a value on my services, my time, when I maybe don't have equal standards as other people who okay. are doing something similar. What are my credentials? I don't know because I, didn't I do- know. Does it matter? <laughs> Does it matter? It doesn't appear to. I mean, you're you're knocking it out of I'm, the park. <laughs> <laughs> it does, that's a that's a false belief that you're telling yourself. Okay, it's that's- another way that we can minimize. Um, I do have a few letters to throw after my name, but it does not matter. I've I've been a coach since before coaching was well known, um, and I had the letters, um, not even related to coaching. Um, I've I'm, I'm thinking back now over 15 years. No, not one person has asked me if I'm a certified coach and very few have asked me what my education or anything is because it's who I am. It's how I speak to them and it's the connection that I'm making. I'm passionate about the work that I'm doing and so are you. And, um, and I go in, I'm authentic, um, you know, I also once had a guy say, you know, he's a business owner and I went to meet with them and he said, all right, throw me your pitch, you know, give me your pitch. 
And I just looked at him and I said, I, I don't have a pitch. I'm really honestly just here to hear what you're struggling with and to see if I can help. And if I can't, I'll, you know, I can maybe make some referrals to some other people, but really I'm here to have a conversation. And um, so anyway, authenticity, wow. connecting with people, being passionate about the work that you're doing and knowing that you have value to add. So there are two things that came out of that that I want to address. One to Barb and the other to Kirsten. So the first was, uh, Barb, that's crazy Uncle Charlie talking. That's all that is. No, somebody's going to ask me, what What are you going to say when that happens? Well, one, nobody asked her. And how long? 15 years? Right? Oh, oh right. It was a coach. Yeah. yeah. Nobody asked her in 15 years. Never. So you have 15 years before you have to worry about that. By that point, <laughs> you'll be set up. Okay. The second one is the Kirsten. So you were listening. And then if you can't do it, you just refer. Like, I know what, I, what I'm good at. I know what I can talk to. I can't speak to certain things. Like if it's, if it's like technical machine operations of, of management, I, I can't get into the weeds on something like that. I know about lean production, but I don't know enough to be able to be useful in that area. But I know people who are right? Yep. I can speak to leadership all day long, but when it comes to something else, I, that's not me. And you have to know yourself and know what you can speak to and what you can. And then honestly, look, that's not me. I can refer. And if you're not needy, you can do that. If you're needy, like, oh, I have to get anything I can get, then you're in a, a bad state. But if you're not needy and you just know what you are, you would start to attract rather than, you know, be like, oh, please come dance with me. And actually and that that oh, actually ahead. adds a lot of value. Yeah. If once they see that you are authentic and they understand that you have a clear enough grasp and about what it is that you can contribute and where you may not be able to contribute, that sense of integrity attracts them more to you. And they will, well, maybe, maybe not always, but I've had, I've had situations where just because they there was that connection of trust mm -hmm. and of liking me, they found a way to bring me on for something else, which they had not thought about before, but it created a new opportunity because I was honest and, you know, this is great. It's a need. I'm not the best person for this. I can refer somebody else. And that situation, I didn't even have somebody to refer them to, but there's an appreciation of who you are, not, as much as what it is that you're going to tell them and what you're bringing. It's the relationship that is the foundational piece upon which the, the, the rest of the moving forward is built. At least that's been my experience. I also want to just jump on with the, um, when you are selling, like do everything in your power to not be needy. Um, I mean, even if you're interviewing for a job, I tell people that too. Like, again, you're bringing something of value and um, it's going to be a fit or not. And, um, and coming from a needy place, you can maybe end up with clients that aren't a good fit for you, who can be extra demanding and all that kind of stuff. Um, and honestly, it's so empowering to, to fire a, a client or just say like, this isn't working, which I absolutely have done and constantly say, like, if someone's not making progress, if they're, you know, I will be done. Like, I'm not going to waste your money. I'm not going to waste anyone's time. And um, so it's a very empowering place and where you really want to be coming from that we are having an exchange to see if we both feel like it's a good fit. Level okay. playing field again, right? 
not better, not worse. Just keep yourself level. So last question, uh, Brittany, did you have something else to add? Yeah, I just wanted to um, ask this. So with the whole pay thing and, you know, not being afraid to charge for your worth and stuff, a lot of times I think that people have a hard time deciding what their value is, like how much do I charge and that sort of thing. And that's something that I've personally struggled with in my uh, own business because I initially was like, well, I made this X amount of dollars at a job per hour. So that's what I should charge people because I put my worth in what my employer valued my work as versus exactly. It's not the right thing, to do. <laughs> um, you know, versus what am I actually giving to other people? And I, when I started my company last year, I have set my prices very low because my ultimate goal was I just wanted to help people. Like that's where my passion is. And I was like, if my prices are low, I'll get to help more people and it'll be great. No, that did not happen. And I think that I've been learning through this whole process because people pay for the value that they perceive. If you're too low, they're going to think it's not worth it and they're not going to go for it. And so finding that happy medium of like, where you can actually charge for what you're actually providing to people and people who need your help can afford your services. So I just wanted to say, like, do you have any advice on how to, like, I guess, determine what that is or like any steps that we can take to try and figure that out? So all the things that we've talked about so far about knowing our value, being confident, not minimizing our gifts and our strengths and all that. Um, from that place, and I'm doing this because I always say like uh, leading from the platform or, or living life from the platform where we're, um, where we feel confident in our abilities and the value that we bring and we're not letting emotions drive us and fears and all of that. So I always do this. It's so funny. All my clients always end up doing this after a while. <laughs> They're like, I, I was doing the platform and I was talking to someone. Um, so from that place, um, and this is a gene. Have you heard of Gina Wickman? EOS traction. Great book. Again, I don't know what genre you're in, but, um, so I've known Gino for over 15 years and this is the, uh, the, the feedback that he gives charge what you can charge while looking someone directly in the eye with confidence. And then get to the point where you can do that at a good amount. <laughs> um, and I will say like I was, um, and Gino charges, like, I don't even know what he charges now. Like, well, he's internationally known now. And I knew him when <laughs> I knew him before his books and all that stuff. But what's that? That's good advice because we think in, like, like Brittany just said, we think in terms of, well, the boss would have paid me. Well, the boss has to pay, uh, you know, you get 70% of what you actually cost at work. That's part one. But part two, there's a, a world of difference potentially between what you are paid and what your value actually is to that person. And it doesn't matter what the it is. Your yeah. value could be many, many times what it is that you're getting paid. And it should be multiples of what you're getting paid. So, uh, or, or I'm sorry, if you're thinking what you're, what you're getting paid at that point, you should get multiples and actually charge what you what value is. I'm sorry, I'm tight. I was typing. It's Gino Wickman, and I just yeah. typed his name over there. Traction, EOS, Rocket Fuel. But yep. um, so uh, yes, and even if um, yep. So yep. you can look up that resource as well. Yep, and there's EOS worldwide online. So um, also um, when you're working for someone else, 
generally, and again, I don't know what you were doing, but other people are taking care of advertising and marketing. Other people are taking care of sales. Other people, you know, and so, I mean, the reality is that when you're a business owner, you're taking care of all of that. And, um, you know, if you're only looking to make what you were getting, what you were making per hour working for someone else, like how are you getting compensated really for all the other things that you have to do, all the other hats that you're wearing? So there's kind of two different ways of looking at your value, but also like, yeah, if you're trying to equate it to hourly that, you know. Now you're supposed to help a certain number of people. I don't know how many people those are, but if you can't afford the pay to eat, to keep doing that, you can't, you've done a disservice to all those other people. Mm -hmm. So you have to charge what you're actually worth in order to continue to do what you're doing. So um, Mm -hmm. let, let that take comfort in that and recognize that you're providing great value. And if you, again, I don't know where you were at, but like when I started coaching again, a million years ago, um, I took on a couple of free clients initially. Cause I was, I still had that question. Like I, and how I came into coaching just as a quick FYI, I know I'm out of time here, but, um, uh, for you guys, I'm good. But, um, I had three, I, you know, I'm, I need to get a divorce. I'm in an abusive marriage. I have two little kids. I have an entrepreneurial spirit. So I went to a few people in my life, trusted advisors. And I said, what do you see in me that I might not see in myself? And I had three people tell me I should be a coach. I didn't know what that was because this is, you know, 16 years ago. So I had to look it up. And then I looked it up and I was like, I've been accidentally doing this my whole entire life. If, uh, if any of you are old enough to know who Ann Landers is, they called me the Ann Landers of the high school. I had Zig Ziglar quotes all over my bedroom. Like, it's just who I am. It was who I was born to be. So, um, but so then I read a book and I took a, a, a course quickly. I did a self-study. I did not have a lot of time. And in my certain, my circumstance, I couldn't say like, oh, I'm going to be on the phone at a certain time and no one's going to be yelling at me. No, I couldn't do that. So I found a way to as quickly as possible gain some skills, but I still had that question, like, can I do this? Well, I, I coached a couple people for free for a short term and said, give me a testimonial. Like, if you like what I do, can I have a testimonial? That was my currency at the time. And the other more important currency was I gained confidence because immediately there were ahas and things that happened. And I was like, I can do this. So, so if you have to start to build the confidence, but you know, it should be a short window, but like, if you're just getting started in something, just do a little bit to get the testimonials and the confidence and then uh, hit the ground running. You got value to share. You got an impact to make in the world. Wow. So that, that's really deep. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, We appreciate your time. That was very, (laughs) very useful. Well, have a great rest of your day, guys. Did I tell you she was awesome or did I tell you she was awesome? Right? (laughs) All right. Bye. But this leads us to our quotation for contemplation for today, which is from Salvador Dali. He said, have no fear of perfection. You'll never reach it. And that's okay. You never have to reach it. Just keep doing good. Keep doing better. Get better at everything all the time. Don't worry about perfection. Hey, thanks for your time. Thank you, Kirsten, for your time as well. And I hope that this helps you become the kind of leader that you would want to follow.